Matthew chapter 3, and we'll start reading in, in verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who spoke who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But... When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not wor worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff, of, with chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is one of those passages that if, you're, if you are an underliner or a, a highlighter, you almost need to use a different color for every word or, or, or a, a different method. Underline this word, highlight this one. Every word is, is like you can't pass any, any of it. it. It says in those days. So, so we realize that John, uh, Matthew had, had left off his account of, of the life of Jesus after... Uh, G, the, the Magi had come, then the family had escaped to Egypt. Herod had died. They had gone back first to Judea, but then being warned in a dream, they, Joseph went on to Nazareth, and the, and the family had settled. So when it says in those days, we don't know exactly how many, but he's, he's kind of given us a, 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 just, just a broader historical time frame. It's in those days that John came. It's 25 to, to 30. 30 years after uh, the events in chapter 2 that we jump ahead. But, but in a broader sense, it's 
about 400 years since a prophet has come speaking to Israel. Who was the last prophet? Well, it's, it's, it's easy to find because it's just one book to the left in, in, in your Bible, the, the book of Malachi. And it's kind of interesting that, that he, Malachi, um, speaks about this, uh, about this event. He says that in, in Malachi chapter 3, he said, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So, so Malachi, a, a contemporary of, of Nehemiah and Ezra, that those uh, two leaders of the post-exilic uh, period of, of Israel's history, Malachi, prophet that God sent to them, said that, behold, I'm, I'm sending my messenger to you. He will, he, he will, he will appear. He will announce uh, the, the, the Lord's coming. He will, he, will, uh, he, he will proclaim that. And then he concludes his, his, the, his, his writing, his prophecy. In Malachi chapter 4, he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So, so we've jumped ahead some 25 or 30 years from the end of Matthew chapter 2. But, but we've also jumped ahead 400 years from that last prophet who spoke to Israel. I think about 400 years. This is 2022. Okay, go back 400 years. That would be 1622, right? This is the math teacher table, right? <laughs> what was going on here in 1622? Not a whole lot. You know, the, the pilgrims came in 1620, then the Puritans came in 1628. So, so there's barely a contingency of, of Europeans on the continent, and they're all up in the northeast. You know, the Massachusetts Bay Colony, actually it hasn't even started yet. And so 400 years from the time of the pilgrims until now, God has not spoken to the nation. Okay, so, so think about the excitement. All of a sudden it says John the Baptist, not Baptist in our sense of the word, even though we want to claim him, it's better translated John the baptizer. He came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So, so, so John, the one uh, whose name means the Lord is gracious, Yahweh is gracious, or Jehovah is gracious. He, he comes in those days. It's been 400 years since God has sent anybody to, to speak to the nation, a, a prophet to, 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 to proclaim his word. And where does he show up? I mean, start trying to, to, to pick out the things that are God works in mysterious ways. God works in ways that we wouldn't do. Matters in which this is not how I would have written the, the book, the story. John doesn't show up in Jerusalem at the temple. He is in the wilderness. 
What does wilderness kind of kind of imply or connote or, or make us think? It, it, it reminds us of the Exodus and, and the wandering period when, when, when Israel is wandering as punishment from God. And, and so John shows up there. Israel is still lost. They've been returned to the promised land, but, but they, they have, they're still not serving God in the way that, that they should. And what does he come doing? He comes preaching. If you hear the word preaching, what do you think of? To speak, it's, it's, it, it means proclaim or herald, at least the, the word that he uses here, to, to herald. Okay, if you think of a herald or a heralder, that was harder to say than I thought. One who heralds, what do you think of? The, the, the guy that goes before the king and he, he's like, you know, or, or, or the, the, the bailiff that comes in and announces the, the coming of the judge. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. You've, you've got John coming. He's proclaiming this word in the wilderness. And what is the word? One word. Repent. Was repent a big word in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Okay, I'm going to say yes, that it was a big word. But is it a big word now? I heard this on a, on a, on a podcast, but there's a thing, and maybe you all know this because you're more advanced than I am, but there's a thing called Ingram. It's just the letter N, and you can do this on Google uh, search it or, you know, later, but it's in Graham and it's, it's all these books that, that Google is, has digitized and put on, you know, online and it, and it takes every word that's in these books and it shows you the history of the use. So in other words, if you go on there on that Ingram feature and, and you type in the word internet, and you go back and, and, and you look in the 1700s, not one peep of somebody saying or writing internet. You go to the 1800s, the 1900s, and then at the very end, the last decade of the 1900s, internet, it starts jumping up, and, and now it's, it's way up here. And, and, you know, you could put in any, any word you can think of, but put in repent, and it's, and it's the opposite of internet as far as the word repent being used in books. You go to the 1600s, the 1700s, and it's up here. And it starts declining in the 1800s and 1900s. And it's like very few occasions when the word repent is used in writing today. Just let that bounce around the cranial cavity for a little while. We don't talk about repentance what is repentance? Getting per- off of the internet. Getting off of the internet. <laughs> that is a, a, a showing a fruit. We're going to get to that. A fruit of repentance is getting off of the internet or, you know. What, what, ha- have we used it so, uh, Seldomly, that that that. Do we even remember what it means? Asking forgiveness. It's asking forgiveness. Turning away. 
and turning away. That, that it, that it kind of means a, a change of mind, but it's it's got a lot of other things all crammed into this one little two, four, six-letter word, repentance. It, it, is, it's, it is a sorrow for sin. It, it's, it's asking forgiveness, but it's also a change of mind. That it's like what I was doing is wrong, and I'm changing my mind and, and my, uh, my actions to reflect that. I know I, 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 for some reason I remember 10th grade Sunday school boys class growing up more than any other part of my life, I think, or at least at times. And I know our, our, our teacher, and I've told you about him before, his name was Glenn Fields. He was a bricklayer by trade, but he was a, a, a deacon and just a... a, a wonderful disciple of Christ and a, and a teacher. And, and he taught us different words. I mean, in the evenings, he would sit and do crossword puzzles. It's just not what you think of as a, as a bricklayer. But, but he said, picture repentance like either an army or perhaps a marching band. And it's the command is to the rear march that you're, you're walking this way and you turn around and you go the other way. That that, that that was how he said we should think of repentance. It's a change of mind and a change of action. And, and certainly sorrow comes, comes uh, with, is part of that and a, a confession of sin and, and asking for forgiveness. So John comes to the wilderness and he's preaching repentance. Why do they need to repent? Verse 2, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of, 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 of heaven, another way of saying that, and John, John says kingdom of heaven. The other gospel writers uh, say the kingdom of God. And, and, and some scholars say, well, it was, it was the, the, the Jews, the Israelites. They were so... Um, worried about misusing the name of, of, of God, taking the Lord's name in vain, that, that they wouldn't even say the kingdom of God. And, and John, uh, Levi, Matthew being a Jew, he, in, in, in trying to avoid that, he called it the kingdom of heaven. So, so that it, in no way was he disparaging against the, God's name. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is near. John is the, the, the heralder, the proclaimer, the announcer of the, the Messiah who's about to come. And he said he, he did this because he's the one spoken of. Malachi talked about the, 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 the Messiah coming, and, and Malachi talked about one who's going to proclaim and announce his coming. But even 400 years before him, the prophet Isaiah wrote about it. There, there in verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths, or make his paths straight. That, that to, to uh, he, this is the one that Isaiah spoke about. He's, 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 he's announcing the kingdom, and you've got to get ready for it. You must repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then we get John's, Matthew's 
description of who John is. You know, so the first thing was John appeared in the wilderness, not in Jerusalem. Now the next thing is, look what he wears. Look at his, you know, his attire. I, I, I heard one uh, preacher say he, he was recalling uh, Billy Graham's last crusade here in Dallas at, at Texas Stadium. I think it was in 2003. And he, and he said that before Billy Graham got up to speak, and maybe you were there, maybe you remember, but who introduced Billy Graham to the people in Texas Stadium? Do you remember? It was former President George H.W. Bush introduced Billy Graham. <coughs> who is coming to introduce the Messiah? It, it's not one of, it's not Herod, it's not the high priest. It's, it's, it's John, who is a, 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 of priestly descent. His father and his mother were, were descendants of, of, of Aaron. They were, they were pre, a priestly line. John is not following in the steps of his, of his father by any means. But he, he comes and it says he's wearing a garment of camel hair and he's got a leather belt around his waist. It's, it's, it's as if he, he's like a biker to, today. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's a terrible illustration, but he's not one of the more refined, you know, genteel type, type hierarchy priests coming from Jerusalem with the fancy robes and all. He is, he's a picture, as, as uh, Malachi said, of Elijah, the, the prophet of old, who, who stood against uh, Ahab and Jezebel and the Baal worshipers, that, 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 he, that John is, is a picture, one of those old messengers from, from the Lord. And it says that he comes and he's eating locusts and wild honey. I don't know if the best way to eat locusts is to dip them in wild honey. I mean, you would, you'd want to do something like that, at least chocolate. But he's, you know, this is his, um, it, do you call that austere? I mean, just he's, he's, he's different. It's not who you're going to expect to introduce the Messiah. But what happens? Verse 5. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So, so this rough Old Testament, he is the last Old Testament prophet, many, many say, even though he appears in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, but that he, that this last prophet, he, he shows up wearing camel hair. He's been living in the desert in the wilderness with a leather belt. He's eating locusts and wild honey, and he is not preaching a, a um, health and wealth, a prosperity gospel by any means. He is saying repent, turn from your sins, and be baptized because the, hev the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, did the Jews preach did the Jews teach, believe, were they supposed to be baptized? Did they have to be baptized for uh, in the Mosaic law? 
Okay, long question, short answer. No, they did not. Actually, just no. No's the short answer. Sometimes some people just drag things out, even the short answer. No, it wasn't part of it. Who was baptized within Israel during this time frame? The Gentiles. Proselytes. But here you have all these Jews going. They're believing John's message of repent, confess your sins, be baptized. Something that Gentiles did. They're, they're very much humbling themselves and saying, he, he's right. We see this. We've been waiting 400 years, and now it is upon us, and, and, and it's happening. We're going to heed the call. The, the Holy Spirit was moving within them to, to believe this, this word. How widespread was this? Well, it says... All Jerusalem, well, it says Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the, about the Jordan were going out, listening to John. They were, they were receiving, believing this message that, that he preached around, I don't know, some, some, you can read, you can almost find anything, so anywhere from from 25 A.D. to 30 A.D., you know, that, that we really don't know the exact year because we don't know the exact year of Jesus' birth. It was, it was before Herod died, Herod the Great. He died in 4 B.C. But so, so sometime in that time frame, let's call it 29 B.C. because that's going to be real easy math for my, my next little point. Uh, after 49... <coughs> 29 A.D., after 49 A.D., so 20 years later, the, the book of Acts, kind of interesting, the book of Acts in, in, in uh, chapter 18, Luke writes, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was eloquent, an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. So uh, uh, Apollos, where's he from? He's a native of Alexandria. Well, remember, that's in Egypt. And now Apollos has, has made it up to, to Ephesus in, in Asia Minor 20 years later. And he knows about Jesus, but all he knows about is the baptism of John. John's message and, 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 and John's audience was vast. And then he goes on in, in, in chapter 19 in, in Acts, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, so, so Aquila and Priscilla, they take uh, Apollos and they teach him, and they send him to, to Corinth. So while Apollos is in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland the inland country, and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul asked, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. So, so, so we've got different people in, in as far away as Ephesus that, that had apparently come and heard John 
you know, that, that maybe they were living in Jerusalem or Judea or somewhere there. And then they had, they had gone, left, left there. Apollos had learned about it in Alexandria. Some of these in, in Asia Minor know about it. Israel's been waiting 400 years for this word. And, 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 and God sends in the fullness of time, he sends John as the, the heralder, the proclaimer, and he's saying, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, confess your sins, be baptized. Verse 7, there's always got to be a, a but in it. Verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his, to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he shall burn with unquenchable fire. John is, is baptizing. He's preaching in the wilderness. Jerusalem, Judea, surrounding areas are coming and hearing it, and they're, 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 they're believing what he says. They're acting on it. They're repenting. They're, they're turning from their sin. They're confessing their sin. Kind of interesting uh, that, that they say the word for confessing is it's an ongoing thing. It's not just a you confess it once and then you're done, but, but that, that Matthew chooses a word or the tense of the word is to show that it's continuous action. Now, that fits the way I need to confess my sin, that it's continuous action. It's not just one day a year, one day a month, one time a day. Some days are, you have more confessing than other days but that, that they're confessing their sin. And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they hear about it. This is like the, the, the Democrats and the Republicans hear about it. And they go together to oppose this guy. It, I mean, the Sadducees and Pharisees are as far apart as, as you can get. The Sadducees are the, the priestly line. They are the, the more liberal line. The, 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 the Pharisees are, the, are the, the scribes, the ones who, who are the fundamentalists, want to keep the law and follow it uh, precisely. They're, they're both coming out. John sees them, and, and just how welcoming is he? Hey, good to see you. Glad you came in. Take a visitor's card, fill it out, and we'll, we'll contact you next week. He, he's like, you brood of vipers. Now, what do, what do your other translations say? The words, the offspring of, of vipers. I mean, I, first time I read through brood of vipers, I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know that's what you called a herd of vipers was brood. And, and, but that's wrong. He, he's saying you're you're the you're a litter of vipers. 
You're, you're, you're the offspring of vipers. You're descended from vipers. You're going to have vipers. It's, it's just that, that, that you're just, you're vipers, you're snakes, you're serpents, you're, which is the connotation is evil, evil, evil. And he's saying, who, who warned you? You had the scriptures. You're the ones that hold the scriptures. You're the one that's supposed to be leading the, the, the people who warned you to flee from this wrath. How did you find it? It's like you're, you're following. Now you're coming to, um, to, to, to shut it down or to see what's going on. When, when John, uh, it's interesting that Jesus, the, the nativity, the birth of Christ is only recorded by two gospel writers, Matthew and Luke. All four of them record the baptism of Jesus. And, and John the Baptist and, and his preaching, all four, the, the Holy Spirit leads all four of the gospel writers to record that. In, in John's gospel, he says that the Jews sent priests and Levites to ask John who he was, you know, that they sent them out. Go find out who this guy is. Is, is he the Christ? Is he Elijah? Is he the, 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 the prophet? John answered, no, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness saying, prepare the, the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. He is coming. The, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John tells them, if, if you are really repenting, then bear fruit in that repentance. Get off of the internet, so to speak. You know, when, he, when, when Luke records it, he says, tax collectors don't collect any more than you're supposed to. And that he gives examples of, of just how they are to, to show proof of, of that, that repentance. And he says, don't tell me that you have Abraham as your father. The priests in particular, even, even the Pharisees, but the, the priests certainly would, would say, this is my genealogy. This is, this is my ancestry.com. All of these, all of my, my fathers were, were priests. And there's even a high priest sprinkled in now and then. And that's why I'm justified and, and, and righteous. And, and, and John says, that's baloney. God can raise up sons from these stones. In other words, God has no grandchildren. You, you must be born again. You must repent and, and, and believe in the one who's coming. And he says, the axe is laid, not going to be laid. It's laid now. The kingdom of heaven is right at hand. It, it is about to come. And every tree that doesn't bear fruit will be cut down. And then he says, I'm baptizing with a with a re water of repentance, but the one who's coming, who, by the way, he's mightier th than I, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And his winnowing fork is in hand. He will clear the threshing hole. John's message is, is, is powerful and to the point. And, and it's, it's one that, that so many people in, in, in the first century have, were, were responding to. That, that they they believed him. They were coming to him in repentance, being being baptized, 
following or, you know, just waiting in that anticipation for the promised one, the one greater than Moses, who was, who was about to come. We're going to stop. We'll, we'll take up in verse 13 and maybe go back and read some more because I know we, some of you may be wanting to go to the, to the high school. But, but just in, in, in this, these first 12 verses, notice, notice there's three responses that, that John is calling for. Number one, he, he's saying, repent. So, so, so the response needs to be repentance, confession of sin, turning from sin, changing our mind that I'm not the one right, God is right, I am, I am wrong, and, and turning to him. But it also has to be done in sincerity. He's saying, I'm, I'm not buying what you brood of vipers say. You come down here. Even if you, they're not going to get in the Jordan and let him baptize them. That was for Gentiles. That was for proselytes. And I'm a, I'm a descendant of, of Aaron, or I'm a descendant of, of whoever in their family tree. I'm not going to do that. But that, it, that it's, it's a, a sincerity and, and a matter of, of, of faith in God is speaking now a fresh, a new, this, this long-promised one after 400 years of, of, of silence, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus shows up, John's reaction is probably what we would think it would be. But the homework assignment is... Why did Jesus get baptized? There, everybody else is coming and being baptized in, in, to, to, as a symbol of their, the forgiveness because they have confessed and repented of their sins. Yet Jesus was the perfect, sinless son of God. So why did he get baptized? Example. An example. I'll give you a week to expand on that, an example. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, you get another week to, look, you know, figure it out more too. And you're not wrong, but. So what happened to these people that were baptized? Did they become Christians? I, I think, I mean. It, <laughs> Baptism does not make you a Christian, no, but later on, yeah, because of their confession and their repentance, then, then they're saying they are, you know. But Jesus was bringing the Holy Spirit. Yes. That should have got some attention. <laughs> yeah. Hear it. But did everybody hear it? Well, the ones, the, 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 the Pharisees and the Pharisees. Okay, this, this is a 
for lack of a better word, a, a fun chapter. It's so full of of stuff that 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 we can that that we need to hear, we need to glean. So I hadn't really planned on doing it as a two week thing, but just and you're gonna keep talking and then we're gonna be late in here. Okay, so we'll 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 stop there. We'll start in verse 13, and we can regress, as, as always, into, you know, back into the first part and look at this message. And I, and I, I just kind of like to, you know, put ourselves in their shoes. It's been 400 years since God has sent a prophet, and now all of a sudden, John the Baptist is on the scene. And, and you can read the different accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see just you know, learn more about him. Well, let's pray and then, then we'll go. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we just realize that, that we need, even those of us who are believers, who are Christians, that, that we too are called to repent of our sins, but that your promise is that you're, you're faithful and just, you'll forgive our sins. So God, just uh, convict our hearts, convict us of, of, the sin in our lives, that we might turn from it, that we might have a change of mind, a, a, a to the rear march, and, and, and just leave our sin behind and follow only you and your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.